0: Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Angela and Saki, co-founders of Raining It. Guys, welcome back to the show. I, I, I'm excited that you guys are kind of growing this thing and um, everything's kind of really taking off for you guys so so guys welcome back to the show thank you so much much, much, yeah so let's maybe before people or we get into kind of reigning it let's maybe get to know each one of you a little bit better and so maybe Angela do you want to maybe kind of give a bit of a background on yourself and then Saki will let you do that in a second as well
1: sure sounds great Um, So I'm Angela Cleveland. I am based out of New Jersey. I have been a school counselor for 15 years and I love that profession. Um, It's just the best way to really affect change with our students. Um, School counselors are, you know, champions for all of our students. Sure. And um, I was recently awarded with the New Jersey's School Counselor of the Year Award for 2017. So that was woohoo! Thank you. (laughs) Amazing. Those are really exciting. But um, on the heels of that, I was also facing um, some other opportunities that were coming my way. So with school counseling, what makes that profession unique is it's the only K twelve Uh, profession where we are charged with impacting students both individually and on a systemic level. So we look at some barriers for students accessing educational opportunities like big picture um, systemic issues and then also looking at individual students and families and how to support them. So I started to really think about what I was doing as a school counselor and how I can affect change on a larger scale and working within the confines of one building and a school just really limited me from addressing systemic issues within this nation. So I had an opportunity to join the National Center for Women in Information Technology. It is a national nonprofit, and I have been hearing about all the work they're doing from the women we're featuring in our blog. Um, So I've been hearing such great things about them and it turns out they have a division called Counselors for Computing And within this division, there's outreach to school counselors across the country to talk to them about some of the systemic barriers that students are facing, um, talk to them about opportunities in computer science, and really how when school counselors are addressing career education, which is a responsibility from a K to 12 level, a lot of people are only thinking it's high school, but it's really K to 12. When they're addressing um, opportunities, they really need to think about what are some upcoming trends in this nation and so really the the thing is when i graduated i was given a diploma and not a crystal ball so i don't know what jobs are coming up but the one thing we know with certainty is that every every job is going to have technology integrated into it in some manner so the best way that we can prepare students for sustainable careers is to talk about how every career intersects with technology So my new role is consulting for the National Center for Women in Information Technologies Division called Counselors for Computing. And I just um, joined them this past July, July 2017 and it's just it's been wonderful i really feel like the the outreach that i'm able to have right now is so much greater than i what i was able to do in one school setting um so i'm doing that i'm also i've taken on um, a professorship role at a local university so i teach career counseling to graduate students as well
0: very cool well congrats on the new role It, it seems like you're doing some really interesting kind of cool things right that you're passionate about and it kind of ties into kind of what you're doing with uh, reigning it. So Saki, do you want to maybe kind of give yes. us a bit of background on yourself? Because you, I understand, have a career change as well.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, it's been a
2: big year for both Angela and I. So That's I great. started off as a career counselor. Um, I was working at a number of schools in the Boston area. Um, I started off at MIT and then later Harvard Business School. Um, where I was talking to students one-on-one about the gamut of career topics, um, resumes, cover letters, mock interviews, um, negotiations, um, how to find the right internship, full-time job, and then how to make the most of it once you're there. Sure. And then through those jobs, always had um, a desire to work on the flip side on recruiting. I'd see all these employers come in during career fairs. It seemed really exciting. So I just wanted to see what, what that was like and being fast-paced. So um, alongside that, also had the California bug. So I ended up ultimately. Um, a- <laughs> (laughs) going out west. (laughs) First, I worked for um, the Walt Disney Company for a year for their corporate sector, um, basically hiring business interns, um, accounting, finance, real estate, things and the like. Um, And while that was really exciting from like a brand perspective, just ultimately realized that like the most, um, the biggest opportunities right now are in tech. And so ended up in the Bay Area for the past five years where I was at a startup called Square, um, and their mission is economic empowerment. You may have seen them in like food trucks or small coffee shops or cafes, um, just enabling small businesses to be able to take credit card payments and really grow. Um, So it was really exciting. And also, I love that it was such a mission driven company. It wasn't, you know, just for profit. There was a real reasoning behind it. And that was really what tied the entire company together. Um, so from two thousand and twelve to two thousand and seventeen, the company grew from three hundred employees to two thousand, which was a really interesting opportunity, but also just kind of crazy in terms of a hiring perspective. But really love the university setting. I was doing campus recruiting there, <laughs> excuse me. And during that time is when I really saw the stark differences in terms of women in tech. Like I remember the first year when we were meeting to talk about a program with our women's community. Literally, we could fit everyone into a handful. Um, of people in a room, maybe sure. 10 or less. And then by the time I left, the women in, in tech community was so big that, you know, we had our own Slack channels and affinity groups and all of that. So That's it great. was really amazing to see, yeah, to see how it grew and how supportive it became. It really opened up my eyes to, you know, what the challenges are. And of course, in the last couple of years, we've been hearing so much more about, you know, uh, situations that have happened and just how there needs to be more of, um, a focus on that and how do we increase that pipeline and give opportunities to women to underrepresented minorities and the like.
1: Um,
2: So through all of that is really how, you know, Angela and I founded Rating It, um, just through our own advocacy efforts and desire to do this on a personal level. Um, And, but ultimately my heart has always been in education. And frankly, I think in the industry side, Sometimes people think like, oh, you know, we we kind of we figured it out. We know that there's an issue. We know we need to fix it. But we really are at the top of our game. And honestly, now that I'm over um, on the education side, I'm actually back in Boston working at Tufts University. It's a wonderful institution that honestly, I didn't know that much about until I started, but it's as close to a sanctuary school as you can get um, in the sense that they really support diversity and inclusion on all levels. That means first-generation college students, um, DACA, you know, anything that is under that realm. And in terms of engineering, their incoming class of um, computer science majors is 44% women, which I think is huge compared to, honestly, like the single digits that most um, schools or institutions are at So ultimately what it's really taught me at this point in life is I think education and the higher ed sector – um you know does know a lot about the space and I think a lot of industries can learn a lot from that and they've been really supportive about the, the efforts that Angela and I have for reading it and just continuing on that work so yeah Angela and I've kind of flipped in that I've come back to education and she's gone into
0: industry so it's just great
1: and we have so much to talk about so.
0: well no that, that's great though and, and congrats on your your new job as well I, I think that's great right yeah. and I and like I kind of mentioned earlier that you guys have been on the show uh, a year and a half or so ago, and so for mm-hmm. people that haven't heard of Raining it, maybe like give a quick overview of what what you guys are, are doing with the platform and kind of how it came to be, and then we'll kind of get into what's changed since then because you guys have been doing a lot of exciting stuff and it's been growing like crazy. sure. <laughs>
1: Sure. So, um, I can talk to you about, you know, where the idea was born and, um, and then Saki, I guess, you know, you could take on a little bit more about what we're doing. (laughs) Um, yeah. So basically we, um, it's one of those moments that you'll, you know, we always remember and reflect, reflect back on, um, in April of 2015, Saki was organizing, um, a platform, a discussion at Spelman College to talk about women in tech, and it, you know, it was a really great function. It was connected with the Clinton's No Ceilings Initiative, and she invited me to attend, and um, there was a woman in the audience who stood up, and she talked about how hard she fought to get to college, to study computer science, that you know, it has not been an easy journey, and she was entering her first internship. And she cried as she talked about how she felt so alone, that she was the only woman, she was the only person of color, and she just felt like she didn't belong after, you know, all this time fighting so hard to get to this point in her life, she just didn't feel like she fit. She didn't feel like she um, belonged in that community. And that was the moment that really resonated with Saki and me. Um, we talked about how, I, you know, I as a school counselor, I was working with fifth and sixth graders. I started to see that there was um, that was a point where students were sometimes making decisions about what was right for them based on their gender identity, based on their experience and their access to opportunities in the world. And Saki was also on the recruiting end seeing the results of that where she noticed that there was um, some challenges in recruiting a diverse workforce because there just weren't many people there. Um, so we we sat there and we said to ourselves, after this, this meeting, we said, you know, we have to do something about this. Now, this is a huge problem. Sure. <laughs> and we did not know how we were going to address it. But we just thought, you know, this is a moment that just really resonated with both of us. And we couldn't just sit there and say, yeah, this is really awful and someone else needs to do something about this we looked at ourselves and we said we need to do something about this you know at the time it was 2015 and we said this this cannot happen in this country this cannot happen to our young women to our people of color this is supposed to be a nation where if you work hard you can you know achieve your dreams and and we realized how many challenges still existed so we decided that the way for us to address this is to create a blog and essentially a story sharing platform where women can talk about their experiences and talk about the rewards of being in the STEM field um, and also some of the challenges. So when we say STEM, really, you know, we're looking at all the STEM fields, but we primarily are targeting the tech industry because when you look at the data, computer science and technology, that's where we still see this major gender gap. So that tends to be our primary focus in that area. So we we created this platform because we wanted to address this problem on two levels. And the first level is being more proactive and creating um, an environment where young women, maybe middle school or high school, could look and read stories about women who are exploring the computer science industry, women who are like them, women who um, have some of the same challenges as they've had. And you know, are are demystifying what computer science is, that it's not someone sitting in a basement coding, that it's creative and it's about problem solving. And you can combine computer science with any area of interest. So we wanted to inspire young women. And then, you know, we also wanted to reduce the attrition rate. So once women are in this field or they decide to major in computer science, we were hearing about how they were one of 40 in a class and just you know, feeling like they didn't belong in the university or didn't belong in their internship or in their job. So we wanted to help those women. So that's the other level. And and help them to find their community and know that they aren't alone. So you may be one of 40 in a class, but you are not alone in this. And you can find other people who might have a similar experience and they can talk to you about what they're doing to stay strong and to, you know, stay inspired and to stay in the field that they're so passionate about. So um, that was our our reason for starting this. Um, Saki, I'll let you take it from there.
2: Sure. Yeah. And. So last week, actually, um, I attended the Massachusetts Conference for Women. And if anyone is in the area, I highly recommend it. It's an amazing opportunity to connect with 10,000 plus um, women in the community. And so there was a a motivational speaker there. Her name is Verna Myers, and she had said, it's a moment for courage. Men need to support women and women to support one another. And she talked about what she considered the four C's of our society, cultural curiosity, compassion, conscientiousness, Encourage, and, and I think that really does speak to where we're at with rating it. Okay. Look, we're not like a political platform. We're not trying to say you should be on one side of the spectrum or another. But um, Angela and I were just talking earlier today about the testimonials that we receive and the feedback and the one word that always resonates is community. And that's okay. really what we're trying to say Um you know Shonda Rhimes also says like find your tribe find your people and that's what we're trying to do we're like if you identify as a woman if you are an ally of women you know and you recognize that there needs to be this movement and this time where we need to have everyone represented equally um that's essentially what where we're at you know I tell students all the time it's like look I love Sephora you know I like makeup but sure. in order to do that I have to like go on an app or go on a website and find Products. And I think no matter what you love, what industry, what product, what sector there is a place for someone, which Angela was just speaking to before. So in that vein, we've really tried to build that community. Um, and we've seen the numbers really grow organically. You know, initially it was a lot of Angela and I doing our own outreach, you know, asking women to be part of this initiative or if they were interested. And because that's really snowballed, that's why we're seeing our numbers really highly reflected. So on our Medium, our blog page, we have um, 4.5, sorry, 4.6 um, followers. So having close to 5,000 followers, I think, is really, Really, really telling. And on our Facebook page, we have close to 6,000 women as part of this closed community. So we want it to be safe. We want it to be inviting. We want it to be supportive and a space where everyone can feel open and comfortable, you know, saying where they're at, whether they, whether they have vulnerabilities, whether they have something to offer, whether they have a question or an answer to something. Um, so that's really where we're at right now and trying to build that. And frankly, having come from um, the West Coast in San Francisco, where I really saw a lot of these things firsthand and coming back east, i'm I'm really excited to implement a lot of the programming and initiatives um over, especially in the Boston area where I think it's so primed. For growth. There's a lot of talk about GE potentially being headquartered here or Amazon even having basically a second home base here. Um, so there's just a lot of momentum. And what we would hear through recruiting and all the stuff that Angela and I did before is that on the East Coast, there really isn't, these conversations aren't ha- happening. There's not a lot of programming that's supporting that. So, you know, we initially were part of doing a number of roundtables around certain um, schools and meeting women around the Northeast kind of corridor. But now we really want to grow that it's definitely a national conversation but at least if we can focus even in person um, around this area i think that helps a lot so we are definitely involved um, we're going to be presenting at like the WeCode conference next spring um, and working with WeWork, um, which is also very supportive of women in tech to do a panel probably for international women's day on um, women in tech and you know inviting some high profile entrepreneurs to attend and just figuring out what other things we can do. Um, I'd love to launch what we call STEM in the city. So having dinners at companies around the Boston area um, cool. and it's not a recruiting pitch. It's really to, you know, invite the community and to network, get to know one another and really build from there. So just a sampling of the things that we're doing.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I love that. I, I think it's great. Like it, it's interesting um, to me because you guys have kind of come from just kind of a bit of a passion project, right? And I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But now you guys have full <laughs> on doing events and, you know, you kind of went from a blog, like you said, well, you're still doing the blog, but you, you just had, you know, and now you're doing these events, you're talking at conferences, you know, you, you people are reaching out to you. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of fascinating to watch this stuff kind of grow and kind of why, I wanted to have you guys back on the show because I want to kind of follow I like following kind of journeys of people doing things and kind of watching them from kind of, you know, you you guys were on a year and a half ago, and now you're back on having a conversation. So how have you guys kind of grown, you know, uh, reigning it from kind of a year and a half to kind of present day walk us through kind of that journey.
1: Sure. Um, I think it is amazing to look back, as you say, you know, it's a passion project. This really was something that was started that way, that we felt we had to do something. Um, And we are just I think what's helped with our growth is the fact that Saki and I really listen to the women in this community. Okay. What's interesting is when you talk to a lot of the women who are, you know, there, they oftentimes don't know that she and I are the ones behind reigning it. Um, I Just as an example, I was recently, yeah, I was just recently a week ago at a, a conference and there were uh, women from, you know, the Girl Scouts, uh, representatives from Girls Inc., from the National Girls Collaboration Project. Uh, computer science organizations, and someone mentioned uh, within this forum, they mentioned that I was co-founder of Raming It, and a bunch of heads turned toward me, and they said, wait, I follow you on Twitter. That's you? So that makes, makes me, <laughs> That's awesome me feel though. really proud because, <laughs> it's, well, what makes me feel good is um, Saki and I very much are not putting our names and our faces out there. We're creating a platform to spotlight others. So we love the fact that the face of our our company is not necessarily us, but it's the mission that's behind it. And um, that's what makes me feel good, that it's not just, you know, uh, just Angela and Saki. It's something that's so much bigger than the two Mm -hmm. of us. So I think that what's helped us to really grow is that we, you know, it feels like we just created this framework and then women came to us and said, oh, can you, um, you know, as a most recent example, can you start a Slack channel? Because we want to have a, a way for us to connect with each other and share internships or job opportunities. So we did that. Um, someone else had mentioned some time ago, can you uh, create a Google sheet where we can connect with each other for to find a mentor? Or maybe I want to mentor someone else and give back. And we did that. So really listening to what you know, the community wanted what they said they needed as women in the tech industry has really helped us to grow. Saki and I didn't come in with an idea of like, this is what we're going to do. And, and this is how, you know, and we're going to stay focused on just this one goal. We came in with an idea that we wanted to um, support women. And our growth has been so organic and honest, because it's it's really not so much coming from us. It's coming from us listening to the needs and the wants of others.
0: Sure. No, I, I, yeah, I, think that's I and right. I agree. Keep going. Sorry.
1: <laughs> and I was, Yeah. Sorry.
2: I was just say, like, yeah, I agree completely with what Angela said and it makes me think back to when I was at square and our CEO was Jack Dorsey, also the founder of Twitter. And sure. so I would he, hear him speak a number of times about entrepreneurship and people would ask him a lot of times, like, how did you start, you know, uh, Twitter or how did you start such a big platform along with square and he'd always say it just starts with a simple question what is something that you want to see in the world what is something that you want to solve and most likely if you have that question someone else does too and they would love to see the answer along with you but of course it's not just about having good ideas because a lot of them have have that right it's about what do you do from there how do you go forward so I think almost subconsciously, Angela and I ended up doing that. We had a question that we wanted to solve, which was how do we inspire more women to pursue careers in tech and STEM and support one another? And so, you know, as she mentioned, organically, we just kind of started putting stories out there and then it really just took a bigger um, effect. And from there, you know, we've we've come to the point where we are now. So I think it really is um, so validating to us. To know that you know there is mm-hmm. that need and we as she said it really um depends on the feedback that we have the reason that we are starting the slack channel is because one of our women said hey what do you think about having a slack channel it'd be great to have more dynamic conversation so things along those lines so we're just trying to figure out what makes sense and you know always just kind of reprioritizing based on what we're kind of hearing out there in the environment
0: no i i think that's that's really great so we, we've kind of covered it roughly, but what do you guys kind of write about when you're featuring, you know, these different people on, on the site?
2: So at first we were wondering what, um, yeah, what we were going to ask them. And we thought, OK, well, you can write about yourself and your own stories. But similar to like a diary, it's often hard to just open-endedly, you know, write about oneself. So we thought, okay, well, let's just start with like a cadence of questions. We'll have a set that we list and we'll ask women if they are interested in filling them out. And it's a range um, because we want to show a holistic picture of the women that we feature. So, of course, we want them to focus on their technical abilities and, you know, what is something that they excel at. But also tell us a little bit more about yourself what um, are some technical challenges or personal challenges that you faced in the past? What is a song that you like to dance to just for fun? Um, what advice <laughs> sure. do you have for other women? So just, you know, kind of going back and forth between the fun and the serious, because that's in- encompassing of how a person is. Um, and so we found over time that it was much easier for women to answer our set of questions. We had a couple who have chosen to written to write sorry, their own stories, but um you know, for the most part, they answer our questions. So we've done that over and over. And right now we're close to 500 um, interviews, which is really amazing because wow. I think we started off posting one interview a week, maybe at most one or two. Um, and then at some point it got to being every day, but that was just so <laughs> much that we then scaled it back a little bit to like two times a week just to have some regularity and we could focus on other things.
1: So what I love about the structure of our questions is that I think, you know, um, maybe subconsciously Saki and I coming from this psychology background and training had really, you know, we were thinking about these questions and when I look at them now and I, I'm just, I'm really happy with the format of them because it feels like at the end when we, we we always close the interviews by asking what advice would you give to other women to reign their lives? It feels like it closes this circle. And that really comes from that counseling psychology background that Saki and I share that, You don't just kind of want to leave someone hanging with, you know, some challenges um, that they've just shared. You want to kind of close that loop and bring it back. And essentially, it's a lift while you rise model. So they're talking about where they're at at this point, whether they're in college or in their career or even in middle school and just starting to explore computer science. And what I love about that last question is it it kind of paves the way for the next woman. Um, It makes it a lot easier for her when you're thinking about that advice. So it's that lift while you rise model.
0: No that that's interesting. So and, and like the my day job uh, like our CEO's um, female and I she's been great right and I I don't I think like at least in my experience not we don't really treat her any different than kind of you know how sometimes it's portrayed in the media and I've had other people on the show mm. that have basically said something similar like they just go in do their job, own it, and they kind of just get the respect and I understand that, that's not always the case. And in, in a lot of cases, that's kind of the, not the, not normal at all. Right. For, you know, depending on industry and, and, and what. So I, I'm curious though, to know your guys's thoughts on, on even the women that basically say that they, they address that there's a problem, but maybe that they're just kind of like, maybe don't think it's as big as a problem as, you know, they've kind of experienced because maybe they're a little bit of a stronger personality type or, or, they just kind of don't really necessarily care about being put in, you know, just being kind of treated differently or it's never really been a thing. And I I don't mean it to be kind of like uh, controversial or anything, but it's just, I've had people on the show that have have kind of said, well, it's not really been an issue to me, right? And I understand that it is an Mm -hmm. issue, but how do you guys kind of, or what are your guys' kind of thoughts on that?
2: I think that's a really great question. and I think that's ultimately what we're trying to do with Raimi is uh, giving women that platform to say that there are a multi-layered problem, solution. You know, there's so many pieces to it. And to your point, not everyone is going to experience it in the same way. So we do have some women who, you know, have very dire circumstances. They're, sure. they're the only woman in their class. We've heard sure. stories where their male um, classmates have turned around and say, oh, you want the marketing class that's down the hall. You're not in the right place. Right. To others that feel that they are very well supported. So I think at whatever point that, that someone is in, hopefully it inspires them to say, if it is dire, that it can get better. And here is a community that can support you. Sure. Or if you already do feel well supported, And that's fantastic. And I think that there is so much more awareness going into it. You know, we've heard about Susan Fowler's story. We've heard Ellen Powell's. You know, there's so many others that are out there that we probably haven't even heard of. Um, And I think because of that awareness, things are getting better and better. I know that from the recruiting standpoint, you know, there's so much more emphasis put on, you know, making sure that we are being fair and hiring more women, Not not to fill a quota or to fill a number, but just because, you know, we want to be encompassing of all people and all backgrounds. Um, And so things like Grace Hopper, you know, there's so much more of an emphasis from a company recruiting standpoint. So if anyone attends that conference, you'll see thousands of companies there now, you know, some companies bring as many as 100 people. I know that it can be like the single biggest kind of uh, factor in terms of budget and resources put behind recruiting women in STEM. So all just really to say that I think there are multi-layered experiences and we want to make sure that we are inclusive of all of them.
1: I just, I feel like along with that is, um, you know, our goal is not to really push people to a level of awareness that they're not ready for. Okay. So we're not trying to tell people that their, you know, their experiences are wrong or their belief systems are wrong. Um, we just, really like to honor where they're at and you know maybe they haven't experienced certain challenges and that's wonderful um but if if that's where they're at then you know it's not really it's not really beneficial for us to say but hey wait a second you should feel a certain way so we really like to honor where they're at but i think what happens is rather than us just you know uh, jumping up and down and, and saying, "Hey, <laughs> this is what's going on." Reading all of these stories and looking at the qualitative data, the you know, hearing these narratives of you know women having some of the same challenges really speaks volumes. Speaks so much more than what we can say as individuals. Sure. Um, that information is there, and surely the data is there that backs it up as well. Um, sometimes people can be if, if they're kind of stuck in a mindset that this has been my experience, and because of this data point of one, this is what I believe about the world, um, it can be a little bit tough to break through that. And so rather than butt up against that, I think sharing the stories is um, one of the best ways to give people a glimpse into other people's lives and some of the challenges that they're facing. We just, we believe so strongly in the power of sharing our stories to, you know, Mm -hmm. open minds and open hearts and change the world.
0: No, I I think that's great and, and kind of why I brought that up is because I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where you are in your career, whether you're just starting out or you've been in something for a long time or, or you're just starting a startup or you've, you know, you've sold a startup, you have different problems, right? And you guys are basically building mm-hmm. a community around people that have kind of are starting off, have been there and kind of everywhere in between. And just being able to read about somebody that went through the same thing, good or bad, and potentially even being able to reach out to them and say, I, you know, or just saying like, you know, your story inspired me or, you know, I'm looking for this tool to solve this problem. How did you solve it in your past? You know, like that's insanely useful, right? I think for anybody, right? It doesn't matter about geographic region or even industry, just being able to say like, you know what, I need this and you did this. How did you go about doing that? And having a network and especially like a Slack channel or something like that, to help with yeah. that is actually really great.
1: And I think what helps too is as you're pointing out, Kevin, that there are certain experiences that certainly unite us across um, you know, all areas, geographic, gender, um, socioeconomic status, all of those things, there are certain common experiences. On the flip side of that, I think what's really helpful is there have been people who've reached out who've said, you know, this has been my experience, and I've had a pretty good experience. I maybe had some family members who were in tech who gave me some support. Um, You know, I had access to finances that supported me through college. I didn't really struggle, but they're reading other stories, and it starts to open their eyes to their own experiences and helps them to recognize that there are maybe, you know, they were the beneficiary of certain areas of privilege that they hadn't considered that other people didn't have access to sure. and how um, the lack of that access to those privileges has created some barriers that they were just simply not aware of because it was part of their world. So something that, you know, like we may take for granted, like our families or are, you know, living in a community where um, technology is talked about, or there are certain industries, like if you're out in You know, the Bay Area where people are talking about technology versus other parts of this country where it's not really part of the discussion and you're growing up in an environment where maybe the main form of employment is not in technology, it's in another industry. Your world is very different. So I think that it can It can help to unite people when they talk about common um, areas of challenge, and it can also open up their eyes when you start to realize that, oh, wait a second, this person has had a very different experience. We Mm -hmm. share the same interest in what we want to study and um, what jobs we want to have, but their pathway has been riddled with barriers that I was so fortunate to not have to face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Increases empathy,
2: essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that makes a lot of sense. And I I think it's actually kind of interesting because I think the thing is we all do it, right? At some point, kind of Google online or you try to ask people for (laughs) kind of advice, but being able to have Mm -hmm. the resources to just kind of go to or even just, well, you don't understand really how complicated or how kind of lonely it can be unless you're kind of doing a startup yourself, right? And I think even, like, close Mm -hmm. family and friends don't understand sometimes. Like, they might be sympathetic and they might hear you out. But, like, they – and I don't even mean it mean. It's just, like, they don't really understand sometimes that you're right. It's like if you're – it's just you and you're starting an idea in a small town somewhere and nobody else, none of your friends even have (laughs) – you know, don't really use the internet other than kind of just maybe social media and, and surfing the web. Like it can be lonely, right? But having kind of online communities to support that and even learn and kind of like, oh, I should check out this conference or, you know, take this class or try this piece of software is, is hugely beneficial to anyone really.
2: Right. And that's yeah, what I we- say ultimately to our women, it's like you are going to be the future leaders, right? You're the next sure. entrepreneurs, you're the next VCs, you're the next CEOs. So if nothing else, like this is a great community to network and get to know one another with. And we see that too, you know, to Angela's point, like she meets mm-hmm. women traveling at events that we are now talking to online. So it's so amazing to see these people literally come to life, right? We yeah, 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 feel yeah. like we know them so well and then to see them live and it goes both ways women come to us like oh my gosh you know we we we're part of rating it we read the stories or they've been featured at some point and then we also recognize other people so Mm -hmm. now when we go to conferences we do have meetups like oh who's going to be there you know let's meet up let's have a dinner let's have a round table discussion um and just one other point like you know even outside of just being entrepreneurs or being part of companies it's also an issue with vcs right if sure. you're trying to raise yeah. money for your own startup we screened a movie um called she started it with the director Nora, Nora Poggi earlier Very this cool. year and it was following a number of women who you know were trying to get um their startup funded and how they are received in even the vc world so i think that's another whole layer to it as well
0: yeah no, yeah
1: and i think what helps with um oh sorry no, i think go ahead. what helps with the community coming together is you know we've it's almost a therapeutic environment that we've created um Saki and I have you know we've just been honored that so many women have the courage to share Mm -hmm. parts of their story that are deeply personal they talk about some of the challenges whether it's you know losing a parent at a young age or struggling with um you know, mental illness or, you know, abuse or things like that. They've, they've been very open about that. And I think that helps, you know, it it takes some of these experiences that they're not alone in, they're not the only ones it sheds light on them and it helps to open up a dialogue and it helps people to feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a woman in tech, but I'm also a woman. And I'm also someone who has had, you know, this challenge or this other, you know, experience in my life. So, um, you know, there's two examples that I can think of that really, I think have been really helpful for the women in the community that, um, you know, the first example is just talking about imposter syndrome. There've been women who have, you know, so accomplished and they talk about how they felt like they didn't belong, like they were faking it, they were going to get discovered. And the more women talk about those feelings and, you know, cause that, that feeling is, um, it grows in darkness and when you shed light on it and talk about oh i feel this way and someone else says oh wait i feel this way too and you know we're not alone and it 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 can be really helpful i know you know i had shared in the group recently when i took the job as a professor i said you know i feel so unqualified to do this what do i know about teaching graduate students and someone said to me wait a second you present on a national level like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. you can do this (laughs) And it just, it kind of like recentered me because I was getting very, like kind of emotional and self-doubting. So talking about those feelings is really important for women. And the other thing is um, talking about stereotype threat has been really helpful. So when you're the only person of color or the only woman, there's that added layer that you're going into an environment and you're not just there representing you as a person, you're there representing your entire gender or your entire race or, you know, everyone from your religion. So it creates this added pressure that Mm -hmm. someone from the majority community doesn't experience. So it's, that's one of those feelings that just again, like that, that extra pressure when women are talking about that and, and saying, you know, I'm the only one and I'm feeling like all this pressure, because what if I'm not successful, then, you know, what does it say? Like they just, you know, it can be really difficult. So I think just, just, you know, again, that therapeutic environment where people feel safe to share is what also results in a lot of women wanting to come and join us at conferences for little meetups or the STEM in the city events. Um, because we're honoring those feelings and we're not saying what you should feel. We're recognizing like, this is, this is a feeling it's, it's very real. And let's talk about how do we, you know, get out of that negative self-talk and have more positive self-talk and be more compassionate to ourselves and, and recognize the accomplishments that we've had.
0: No, I, I think that's great. And I think the thing too, that, um, that got me thinking about, is a lot of people I think sometimes are scared to kind of network or even network at a physical event, whether it's a conference or even just like a a meetup at night. But like if, Mm -hmm. if they've talked to somebody, um, you know, on your Slack channel or read about them, their journey kind of on your blog or or whatnot, and they know that person's going to be at a conference or an event or something it's a lot easier to say like hey we should meet up and then you know even if it's like one other person and then you both kind of you know almost network together is maybe a stupid way to put it but if you're both kind of just like not necessarily talking to each other the whole time but if the two of you are going around to different kind of groups introducing yourself it's a lot easier and it's less scary when there's like you and one or two other people than if it's just you go by yourself Mm -hmm. right if especially if you're kind of early on in your career or maybe a bit Mm -hmm. younger or I I don't know like sometimes like to be 100% honest with you I started the show because I was scared of public speaking right and so for Mm -hmm. me it was like a big and it still kind of is some days I'm just like oh but I, I think the thing is it's like Getting and inspiring people to push themselves out of their own comfort zone is basically what you're trying to do. And I think at the end of the day, it's not necessarily like you need to go like crazy, but like go to a net. Like if you're totally scared of going to events because you're scared of talking to, you know, going up to random strangers. If you meet up with somebody there Mm -hmm. and now it's that you've maybe chatted with online or in your Slack channel. And then maybe they introduce you to a couple of mm-hmm. people. And then the next time yeah. you go to an event, you know some of the people at that event because you've been there before. And then you start making friends and all of a sudden you end up knowing kind of everybody at that event. Right. And mm-hmm. so and then Absolutely. and then mm-hmm. after you're com- more comfortable with that, you you tackle something else that you're kind of wanting to push yourself out of your comfort zone. and And that's basically Absolutely. what you guys are inspiring people to do or at least in, in or at least a part of yeah. what you guys are trying to do.
2: Yeah, that's it. And honestly, I think that's Angela and I starting arranging it together. That was part of it too. It's like, <laughs> sure. I think it would have been very daunting for us to do this on our own. And, you know, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about, you know, it can be daunting and getting in it together and helping each other out. But, and I would always tell my I manage them, like, there is no I in team, right? When yeah, someone yeah. does well, it brings up everyone else. It's not like one person is yeah, yeah, yeah. successful to the detriment of everyone else. So sure. I think mm-hmm. we have to get out of that crab in a pot mentality where you're, like, pulling each other down. It's like, no, there's more than enough opportunities for everyone. And, you know, case in point, I think with Angela and I, and if we can do this then like, mm-hmm. anyone can do what they want as sure. well.
0: And the other thing that I really want to stress as well that you guys have covered, and I've had people on the show openly talk about it, is like there's people that have sold companies to like Blackberry or Google and you name it. And they've made hundreds of millions of dollars that still feel Mm -hmm. like a fraud, right? Or that they're going to get like found out. And like, Mm -hmm. so I I think just kind of stressing that again, you know, just to people kind of listening that I think everybody at a certain point kind of feels like they don't deserve what they've kind of accomplished, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think that's, maybe that never goes away it's as you get more successful but if you can acknowledge that other people are feeling that way even if they're they never need to work again cuz they've sold a company and, and they're in everybody else's eyes they're extremely successful a lot of those people still feel like they're not successful at all which is was yeah. really eye opening to me, right? I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> 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 like, right? Like, if you've basically yeah. Yeah. you started something from nothing, you sold it, you never need to mm-hmm. work again. That's basically everybody's mm-hmm. dream, at least in business, not even tech, right? Like, right, right. So
2: that's true, and it, I feel like I saw that so much firsthand, just in Silicon Valley, with you know the number of founders who are sure. still at the companies that they have started, and to some point with we on twitter and like it, it is amazing and it just it, to your point it goes to show that like they're not done solving you know what they initially set out to do or oh, what is the next iteration of that how do we scale this how do we make this better um and it ultimately goes to your personal value and that you feel like we're so tied to a movement or initiative or a product that we want to see this all the way through um yeah and i mm-hmm. i really admire people who do stick to that and don't feel like oh yeah well now i'm just i'm done and can you know cruise from there
0: sure <laughs> Well, but, but sadly, and Angela and Saki, we're coming to the end of the show. So let's promote and mention where people can get more information about you guys and check out the blog online.
1: Sure, absolutely. So um, our website is rainingit.com. So to spell it, just think about it's, it's like ruling, you know, uh, like a queen in a sense. Sure. So R E I G N I N G it.com. And we love that as a name because it's really about ruling your own life and not being defined by, um, standards that, you know, that society says that you can't do this because you're a girl or, you know, things like that. Sure. So, um, so that's our website, com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at sign raining it. Um, so you want to talk about the blog or
2: sure and then we are on medium so that is um medium.com and then backslash at raining it and we'll have we have all these resources on our website too so as long as you remember yeah. rainingit.com, you can be routed to everything
0: else perfect well I really appreciate you both being on the show again and taking time out of your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day
1: thank you so much Kevin yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for giving us a platform to share about what we're doing and to support other women. You're a great ally for Women in Tech.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I appreciate Jim. that. Uh, I it, it's it, I just like having <laughs> interesting conversations with people, right, and having mm-hmm. people like yourselves that are actually doing this stuff, right? And it's also interesting to talk to other people, promoting other people, because that's basically what I'm doing. I, I like Yeah, I like having yeah. these conversations, but I'm basically promoting other people and, and kind of what I find interesting, so... You know, I again, I really appreciate it, and I, you know, have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks. Thanks, you guys. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also, check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.